I am the stone that the builder refused. I am the visual, the inspiration that made ladies sing the blues. I'm the spark that makes your idea bright. The same spark that lights the dark so that you can know your left from your right. I am the ballad in your box, the bullet in the gun, the inner glow that let you know to call your brother son. The story that just begun, the promise of what's to come. And I'm a remain a soldier till the war is won. Chop, chop, you can never undervalue a good DJ scratch, man. Did he do that right? <laughs> chop, chop, chop. Me and Mike over here doing karate chops. Right? <laughs> you don't flip, you don't flip. <laughs> song. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Moondog's yeah. intro for y'all who don't know. For the rest of y'all, y'all know what the vibe was when y'all heard that. Yeah, that's more of a our generation type of show. 100%. Though. Yeah. That, that we, we grew up on Boondocks. Yeah. Yeah, dang! It brought back all those memories. This would be here. Huey Freeman. You can't get a blacker <laughs> name than that. Like there's, there's not a blacker name than that. Huey Freeman. Huey was my guy. No, that bro. was my favorite. Easy. That was my guy. I swear, in middle school, he was my only one. Everybody, was like, you don't like Riley? I'm like Riley, cool. But Riley, Huey, Riley was just humor. That's why Huey like embodied the black militant I desired to be like as a middle school kid. Like, <laughs> like nah, just he, used to, he used to get on my nerves. He was always militant. That's why. <laughs> you know, that's why I loved it. Absolutely, always militant. That girl would come over and say something sweet. It's like, yeah. do you understand? Us as black people, I'm like, go ahead, Huey, take him over. And I think he didn't care either. Like most of the time, like you, you get a little PC around some people. He was like, I don't care who you are. Yo, he remember had, that? Yeah, the fro. Come on. Remember they had the episode when he like, I think somebody had died, and he had his friends from like Chicago came, and they was he wasn't as like whole type as they was. Yeah, <laughs> he lived to a wealthy neighborhood. <laughs> he struggled with his blackness. Yeah, no, he he definitely th- he thought he was on some um, Malcolm X type joint. He went over there. He was like, oh. Maybe I gotta reevaluate. They had, they had that his friend in like the little dashiki. Did and it? And cool <laughs> you know, man, they definitely they culturized him OD. Nah, but his hood was a little he, different cool too. He had everybody around him that he had to deal with. Yeah, Uncle Ruckus. Well, Uncle Ruckus, that, that's his own. Like that should be an entire like semi series of just Uncle Ruckus. What? Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, "Why? No one, no one's watching it." No, they're just just to just to look at the mindset of people like that. No, 100%, but I'm not going to lie. I have nothing against Uncle Ruckus. He was just one of the funniest people on the show. 100%. Because it's just how satirical he was, but like he was he was hilarious. No, but there's, there's some valueness because I can think of people when I think of Uncle Ruckus. That's yeah. the craziest part. Do you know people like that? Not, Unfortunately. I mean, I mean I not, like, not, like, not to that level, yeah. but like the rhetoric of almost, they, almost, these yeah. black folks, like, yeah, like yeah. that rhetoric oh, yeah, is yeah. spilled. I know grown folks like that, which is when he would do that, I'm laughing because I'm like, but at the same time, like, damn, y'all really, really yeah. feel like this. Like, like, I don't like, I don't know nobody that bad, but like, mm-hmm. to the yeah, point course. where he's like, an extreme. But he's a, he's a that, that one thing you said in that one episode. But like, yeah, I heard somebody say that before. Hundred percent. But um, after dinner conversations, welcome back. Um, we were just chatting for a second. Um, episode five, halfway to ten. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, Steve can't do the intros no more. No, I'm playing, yo. But <laughs> no welcome, more. welcome back after dinner Same conversation. Enough. I'm here. Corey's here. Mike is here, and it's been a long week. It's been a really, really long week. At least for me. Let me ask y'all, how's y'all week going? I mean, it was it was good. It just, dudes are stressed. <laughs> Life is busy. Stress hit. Long days, meetings, yeah, classes, same old, same old. Being a leader for the young black youth when you can be. Yeah. Um, stepping out when you can be, do what you can. Um I think I'm, I think I'm still working out the balance of everything as you're getting older, uh, but... It was definitely a week. I'm, I'm very tired. Yeah. And I still have things to do. <laughs> nah, it was, it was definitely a week. I think February is like that interesting month where it's sort of like you start your planning for the summer and you start your planning for the next steps because it's almost March. And by the time spring break is here, 
It's almost like, April. Exactly. This semester is almost over. So I think now is like that time where you're still doing what you got to do now, but you also need to like set some time out for, hey, how am I best using my summer or best utilizing my next semester, whatever the case is, when mm -hmm. you think about like your classes and your jobs and stuff like that for me, where I'm going to be living and things like that. So and like that's the goal, like to to figure out that next step early. Um, so you don't got to worry about some of the stresses later. So, again, the same stress as Mike, but I think, you know, just a little bit different in, in terms of planning that next step and trying to get past this week and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, that's valid. That's valid. This week has been long. I My, my sleep schedule flipped. Um, things crashed on research end, trying to fix things last minute. Mm. Two o'clock emails, is the job done? And I'm like, yeah, almost, knowing <laughs> I'm still hammering away at my computer trying to f figure out things. It's definitely been a long week and definitely been an unfortunate week. Uh, rest in peace to Pop Smoke. Absolutely. Who mm -hmm. um, passed just a few days ago, by the time y'all hear this at least. Um, and it's just it's just been a fortunate week. And I think not people, people – I hate the term like people die every day type of thing, but at the same time it's like just the, the fluctuation of, you know, things are looking kind of good and then another person dies, especially the magnitude of which they die. It's, it's just – and anytime somebody dies, it's terrible. But it's just hearing about the ways things happen just makes it worse. And so, you know, rest in peace to him. Condolences for his family. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be a lot to get through in 2020, especially with just all the things that have been going on lately. But hopefully, you know, there's better things for the future for us and people learn, you know, embrace the time you have with somebody while they're here. Love them, cherish them, call them, say hello, what's up, make that time to meet with them. Because uh, life is precious. Life is precious. So... No, nah, it is. It is. Uh, I think it's just been hard because, like, it seems to be, like, I don't want to call it a trend, but it just seems like it is a trend that we keep seeing, like, black artists or, like, you know, popular black figures die in these, like, well, speci specifically, I just want to, I want to be specific, especially in, in the context of, like, crime and, like, yeah, you know, crime. violent crime and, like, you know, like, someone shooting them is, like, that's what's hard. I think that just makes it even worse because we've dealt with a lot of those deaths in, like, the past two to three years. And it doesn't get easier every time. Crime or like even like a drug overdose. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Stuff like like yeah. You hear and you're praying that's the last one, and then you yeah. hear about another one just a few moments later. So, and I think it's always the the potential that gets me. So like mm -hmm. everybody's life being cut short um, from tragic incidences. So understanding that they have all this time and this potential left, and that sort of being robbed from them, in addition to you know yeah. everything else that's taking place. Especially when you consider how young certain like artists, you know, exactly. artists. my one of my little brothers, twenty. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Like that's probably my brother in a year or two, like age wise. So it's just crazy to think about. It's really crazy. To and think I, about. and that's the thought that comes to my mind. Like if I lost them right at that age right now, like that's exactly. ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And they got and you know they Senseless. got so so much to live mm -hmm. for still. Matt, Potential, like you just said, just so much things that you haven't got to see, so many things you haven't got to experience, and you talk about the future with people all the time, and then knowing that's just gone in an instant, it's yeah. I don't know if there's a real way to like fully get through that. And I think it's hard because like it makes you feel like you have to do so much in such a limited time. It's like no, life should be a long span. You mm -hmm. shouldn't have to try to fit all your trips into a year yeah. or two or whatever the case is. But that's what it almost makes you feel like you need to do. Like every year you got to go somewhere. Or every year you got to do this new thing or or buy this thing really quickly. And like no, you should have your whole life to do it. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the world's seemingly letting people do. Well, that's valid. Um, rest in peace again, Pop Smoke. Um, this week, even in the craziness of this week, I finally did watch the first episode of the Malcolm X document. 
Good, right? No, it was good. No, it was good. No, no, it was good. He, uh, the my favorite name is the main guy. The, the, what, what is he? The, the narrator of the documentary? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah creator. I don't know. I, I actually, I'm the facilitator. Name yeah, yeah, I know. I the exactly. main guy yeah. of the documentary. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He, I like the way yeah. he grew on me a lot throughout the episode. A- absolutely. After the first 20 minutes, I was like, okay, I kind of like this guy. <laughs> I just yeah. like his commitment. My man. Me saying, was, my man. I'll never forget about. that scene. He said, I don't got no bachelor. No, he said, <laughs> I think he has a bachelor. He said, I have no master, no PhD. Yeah. I'm just a man committed to this <laughs> the story, to this crime. I was like, he's like I think he said, it. I'm a regular brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, he, did, he definitely did say, I'm a regular brother. <laughs> no, it's really good. I'm, I'm going to finish the series. Now, the facts that he was throwing in episode one is crazy. He was like, yeah, they had an event that same night. They just moved everything around and mm-hmm. kept the pushing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I didn't, and I read about this before, and I think I forgot about that originally they were talking about those five people associated with it, mm-hmm. and they got three and wiped their hands and said, call it a day. But seeing that footage, cause I've never actually seen the footage of them nonchalantly, what happened, kind of oh, taking notes. Yeah, the police strolling in, like mm-hmm. it was just another day. But I, I don't expect anything from yeah. them, but mm-hmm. just seeing it and... I think like I've heard the mention of no security being present that day. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even just to think about that, like somebody of that stature to not have security. I mean, granted he had his own police security, but to too. not have that police presence there mm-hmm. was just like mind blowing to me. To be in a big city like that to not have a police presence. Yeah. But even when they were talking about like they were like, Oh, he got shot um by a sawed of shotgun, that he took a hit from like a pistol. They were talking about like he took like two or three bullets. When people were saying it was a war zone in there, yep. and no one, no one else perished but him, so clearly it wasn't civilians getting shot. So it's like, no, Malcolm took hits, plural, mad hits. And that's what I think. That's what I thought after the first. I feel like the people in the crowd just caused the. It was just more of a hysteria thing. They were really probably shooting at the walls. There wasn't really. Yeah. It wasn't really like an all-out gun war going on in there because no one. You like no, no, one, no, knows, no, no one else. Knows, no civilians. Nothing that got really hurt or anything. Yeah. I mean, I figure if you if you duck down, you don't know what's all you hear exactly. is the shot. If you're screaming with your kids, yeah. then you're trying. You're hearing Michael Mike speech, not thinking he's gonna die. Or, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, uh, it's a different culture because, like, well, actually, it's not that much different culture. <laughs> it was still violence back then. It's always when I'm watching documentaries, especially we'll go with like black civil rights leaders. Like they always quote unquote like predict their death, right? You get like that two years before when you kind of see their tone change. Mm-hmm. And then the fatigue is coming, and they kind of know things start happening strangely. And then the, it's that scenario where everything lines up bad in like a bad way, but perfectly for something tragic to happen to him. And like Malcolm X, in the same way King died, Malcolm X died, quote unquote, alone, right? Abandoned by his official party or people he was affiliated with, with the uh, Nation of Islam. Um, and he was just kind of like alienated. And Dr. King, people don't like talk about it either, but he was the same way. Dr. King was fighting, trying to. Um, bring things to the north, and people in the north wasn't really messing with Dr. King. And Dr. King was trying to um, work so many different avenues, and he was protesting the war. And everybody was like, "Oh, you can't do that." And Dr. King was on an island on his own too. And essentially, if you watch the HBO Dr. King documentary, and that didn't really give much new information, mm-hmm. but what you already suspected, just people confirming it. Uh, Dr. King, by the time he was approaching death, he was kind of like on an island, like he didn't really have any friends. People weren't like fighting for him because they were so upset about him fighting the war and all this other stuff that they kind of said, oh, like, put him to the side. But then he dies, and everybody's, oh, uh, not to say you can't do that, of course, like, God bless no, everything. No, no, they, mar- they martyred him. It's like, like how every martyr becomes. Yeah. And and no, so, one, no one, no one, I say no one cares, but, of course, their family and stuff cared. Um, but like you said, that support started to dwindle away, and then, you know, all of a sudden, they get assassinated, they end up dying, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, we lost this great figure, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then. Here comes a re revisioning of who he was and how yeah. the society viewed him as a person. So, 
I mean, we'll, we'll save our, our political black leaders death talk for <laughs> theories, podcast, the, theories and conspiracies. <laughs> Look, and, that's what y'all said this episode's about. So I don't know oh, no, why. No, no, no. <laughs> it, pseudo, pseudo. We we diving into the politics. We're mm-hmm. talking talking about that briefly. Um, I still gotta watch the rest of the doc before I give my full opinion. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I literally I'm, only watched episode one. Yeah, yeah, same. But I don't know how much. I don't know how much more he can go down, but clearly he got ten episodes or eight episodes. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot in that first episode. So I can only imagine. And it was only forty minutes. I thought it was like an hour and some change. They were bringing a lot. They of, pack yeah. every. I was second. learning a lot, but I was also sad at the same yeah. time watching. One hundred percent. I rewinded it twice. I was just looking. I was just like, damn. Yeah. Like just watching a guy like Malcolm was my inspiration. Like he really channeled that inner black. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to be black. And then killed him. Can't find a killer. Can't really concrete figure out what happened to him. Everybody's just walking around. Going about their business, but I think this is also like one of the ones where there is a lot of new information to be present. So I think yes. like mm-hmm. Dr. King's like stuff has come out over the years, yeah. but like Malcolm's yeah. and like Megar Evers, like those are the two where I was just like, you know, there's so many questions Megar surrounding, so, they, so many questions surrounding they, both they, of those. They weren't as quote unquote popular exactly. as Dr. King, especially because Dr. King was a religious figure too, mm-hmm. and religious figures will always get that extra like push up and notoriety in that sense, but. Yeah, no, there's a lot of information in those docs, and good. I'm I'm always here for a good documentary. It has <laughs> to be good. That's the thing. It has to be intriguing. It has to be information. It has to pull me in. Because uh, watched too many document documentaries in um K through twelve that were just uninteresting, absolutely uninteresting. Like you're talking about those those dry PBS documentaries. Yeah, those dry <laughs> PBS. Like look, sometimes PBS come with it, low key. Oh no, low key, uh, sometimes. Some, some, some. But I've seen some really <laughs> all trash. of the PBS. And, you know, you know. <laughs> Government sponsor yeah. TVs that educate the people, but um, yeah, no, but some of them were just like, like American history, oh, like the old American drums, yeah, the American Revolutionary War, Declaration of Independence in the background, going through narration, come in, yeah, I'm not watching that. I'm not, I'm not watching that. I've <laughs> watched one of those since I was like sixth grade. <laughs> That's what we, oh my god, well, I'm gonna leave that be, but because I didn't watch the old Malcolm X documentary, I did watch the entire debate a day later, mm. but watched the entire debate. Welcome to the politics, welcome to the politics, <laughs> right? And it's it's funny because. I always end up watching the. No one ever tells me what the debates are on TV. No one ever says anything. And, and, and all defense, my friends are on the defense loyal. of most people, we don't know when to come on here. My, Mike is my, my my prime political friend now. He don't tell me when to come <laughs> And so. When when I, and and, and then he'd be like, he'd be like, you watch the debate? Yeah, no, exactly. Yo. And I'd be upset. When I become the prime political friend. You just became the prime. You, you, you have the most consistent energy with that. That's true. I think after Trump's administration came in, all my friends are quote unquote political or who are still political. Their energy for that was just like, they didn't. They still heavily as invested in it, but they don't talk about it as often mm-hmm. mike will come in here with his start banging yo everybody need to get serious this election <laughs> is crucial and he'll come with that same energy every time mm-hmm. but i watched i saw the clip on twitter with elizabeth warren and on bloomberg and they put the ether nosby i've listened to ether 15 times since i saw that video because i forgot how fire that track was. as as yeah let me get that sign i still love that song absolutely. that's why jay-z can tell me anything about jay-z at that time when i first heard at that, that time absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah when i heard that he said uh, oh my god i'm yeah. a i'm a whole stand but i i have to give ether his probably yeah. <laughs> nas had nas has nas had his moment that's he, one he my his that album was still i think one of my I think it's one of the last best. Yeah, Stillmatic is one of the last best albums. That's like, kind of like of, the, high, of higher quality. Yeah, no, I feel like that's probably the last one. You can After argue Pop is Dead if you wanted to. Maybe. Well, Godson. Uh, I don't know. We're out of rope, bro. We're out of rope. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Uh, I, <laughs> no, I, I love Nas, so I appreciate <laughs> I know, the track. No, I'm just saying. No, no, no. I we all, he's a legend. But I'm, a lot of those albums in the latter half of like the, uh, the 2000s, I don't know, man. Anything past 2000s. Already started getting questionable with it a lot did, of people. Man. So, it, uh, 
What are you talking about for like uh, OGs? Yeah, 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 for, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. 90s rappers. Yeah. Oh, for 90s rappers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, from no. like 2005 to 2010, it was it was slow for them. <laughs> it was slow for them. Yeah, so no, I'm trying to think about who. I mean, Blueprint 3 wasn't bad. Solid. Magna Carta? Look, but we saying we're solid. Not, we saying solid. We're, like, we're, not talk, just... we're not talking about Magna Carta, bro. That, I almost want to say a whole best talk about it. Somewhere to America's only hit. I don't know. No, it had like three good songs. Justin, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Ocean's was a good song. Which no, we, it is a good song. You're right. Song. And then that, which one are you talking Somewhere about? Somewhere in America. You like Tom Ford? No. <laughs> absolutely don't like Tom Ford. I got tired of it two hours after it dropped. <laughs> Tom Ford. No, he, I love Hope. He can keep Tom Ford. <laughs> yeah, but then he dropped four 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 and made it. Yeah, I was saying, I was saying, he he got a four four four. So yeah. that's what I'm here for. No, me too. Uh, but oh, but yeah, 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 back to the debate. yeah. No, no, no. So the debate. And so when I was watching it, I didn't really like everybody was talking about like they came for Bloomberg. I didn't realize the vitriol of which the candidates collectively said we need to get this man up out out of here. Mm-hmm. And I don't even blame them because I think when the the debate started, they had like what twelve people on stage. But when the debate started, didn't they say yeah, like they we like, welcomed Bloomberg to this debate? Yeah, you know they, they he... did. But I'm talking about way back when they did the first. Oh yeah, yeah, debate. yeah, yeah. They yeah, had yeah. 12. yeah there like ten years. Yeah. There was so many. There's people still on stage. too many people on stage. They finally got in to my, five. In my opinion, it's too many people on stage. What are we? How how many months out, out are we? Bro, did, from what the election? Yeah. Well. November, I don't know, I can't count right now, but November. eight, so eight months. The Democratic National Convention's in July. In July. The and Super Tuesday's coming up, though. Yes. So we, no, we're actually too far to have five candidates, because we're, we're already having primaries. That's and what people, I'm saying. And people are choosing between four to five, that's too many candidates. Because we have two moderates, two progressives. This is more not really it's, there's, there's way too many candidates. There's, no, yes, that's, that's but, the main point. But the, yeah, the, the point is, they got to five mm. after coming from 12, and it took them this long to cut off 12. And they finally got to five, and then somebody says, I'm about to hop in the race yeah. to make it six? He's been spending $7 million a day. He has it. I saw, I saw that in the article. I'm not making that no, up. but I've <laughs> seen the commercial. Like, he's yeah. literally the only one I've seen consistently. Like, I see him on Google. Exactly. I see him on ads. I see him everywhere. Exactly. I just ignore them. But <laughs> you ignore them, but the people in Florida, hey. I know. <laughs> Let me leave it right there. Florida, a different state, but... Um, yeah, I mean, people are feeling because of his exposure. That's why yeah, so he's yeah, all over Facebook. He's I've seen I've seen the editorial. I'm like, get this. <laughs> but <laughs> you know the face. name. Like somebody says Bloomberg. But but that's the thing. Like because like of the name recognition and the, like the mm-hmm. ability to spend seven. What you say, seven million dollars a Pretty, day or something that's like what, that. Yeah, that's what I heard, I heard this all that figure. So the ability Ridiculous. to do that, like in the way like our minds work, it's like what name do we hear the most? What name? What face do we see the most? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that. That tends to be how it works. A lot nah, of people aren't not. watching the full debate. Yeah, or, he's not one like, of those I know. I know. I'm not. I don't think that. Either. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Just walk up to actual, um, like an average person. I don't want to say average, but just a regular person, and say, "Do you know who um, Klobuchar is?" They're gonna be like, "Clue what?" <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. They, they they're gonna look at you. You're like, "No, Bloomberg." Oh yeah, business and the. But the thing about Klobuchar, me and my roommate talk about this a lot. She represents like. Average American person, the most, hundred <laughs> percent. But that's why she's so up there. That's what my friend because she too. she has that appeal to like I'm a you know middle America woman. Why is she always smiling on stage? Because she has that appeal. That's, she she she's, she's coming. Only, she's she, the only one who's actually like never. I want to say she's never serious, but everybody be on their you know debate mm-hmm. serious tone. She comes in smiling. I said optimism. She's selling. She's selling. Re, she, she's also selling relatability too at the same time. I guess you got to and and empathy as, as, to a certain extent too. But a lot of people aren't showing that um, type of thing. Uh, and she, the, the, the climate dude did, and they got him out of here. Who? The not the dude um, who used to stare at the screen with the bright, wide <laughs> eyes, and be like, "My number one priority is climate change." And he got the, I can't remember his name. He got the boot. Yeah, he got the boot from. He was in the, the second billionaire. Class. He, yeah, he Tom Steyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like Tom Steyer. 
Yeah. I feel like half of them are, but, are millionaires. I would have millionaires. Of, of course. Uh, I mean, that's uh, most of them. That's besides, nothing new. Who besides true? Besides Pete Booty Booty Judge, Mayor Pete Booty Judge. Yeah. He's the only one I think that's not that wealthy, but whatever. No, it's not really a deal breaker for me. Well, I'm not voting for a billionaire. That's I'm lying. That's that's a deal breaker, but mm-hmm. still, um, yeah, he do when he can. But what y'all think? What y'all think? Um, the debate of as from, a, as the non political people, as or, an, <laughs> right? I'm not. Um, very, I'm pretty political. from an entertainment standpoint. Uh-oh. It, it was, was the best one. It was the best one because I've watched all the debates. Um, it was definitely much more entertainment. Uh, is that good or bad? It's bad is, in the sense because that means the people who were moderating the debate were absolutely, with, with respect to them, were useless because <laughs> they did not allow the, they didn't like strong like they challenged the, the candidates to answer questions, which was good, but they didn't facilitate it well. Mm-hmm. They, they lacked authority because halfway through it, there's five of them yelling on stage, literally, and that should never happen during the debate. Clearly, there was a lack of respect for the authority because that didn't happen in the other debates. Maybe one or two people spat in, but Amy started arguing with Pete. Sanders starts doing his thing with his fingers and yelling from the side, and Warren said, it's my turn to speak. And then there was a point in time, after Bloomberg got slayed by each candidate individually, he didn't he speak. Never, that was the worst thing he did for his campaign, going on there. He, 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 went on, he was on stage for 27 minutes, I counted, and he didn't say a word. The, the, um, debaters, the moderators didn't come back to him. Like, they absolutely slayed him. Biden said, we're going to come back to you about your NDA, and then nobody came back, and they asked him a question. And as soon as he opened his mouth, all the candidates' hands went up. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't I don't blame the collective effort to get him out of here because they're losing support when he comes in because on name recognition alone he's already above half of them like you just go look mm-hmm. at the polls and stuff like that but I think and it's it's funny watching debates especially for I think as a black person because it's a lot of talk and then you get to the the question about diversity mm-hmm. or like black voters and everybody puts their hands up. The black, my black supporters will tell you, I love them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, <laughs> like, Sanders spent like about five minutes talking about all the black women in his campaign support him. And then somebody brought up how Simone Sanders is in Biden's campaign now or something. And so, I don't know. It was entertaining mm-hmm. to watch because I, I like seeing people get roasted in that sense. Education, educationally roasted, which is why I like debates because intellectually you're being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for a content purpose, like, if you were looking for a way to differentiate through, through the candidates, I don't think you got much. The most you would have got is maybe from Elizabeth Warren, just because she was she's very articulate and she had facts for everybody, a bar and a half, as they would say. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you think, Mike? Or Corey? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, debates are always hard um, because I think similarly to Stephen, I appreciate the intellectual roasting of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the entertainment value that it provides. But I think additionally, debates are very hard to lay out plans when it comes to presidential elections. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, a lot of them talked about as they talked about climate change, as they talked about, you know, student loan debt forgiveness, a lot of them have similar plans. But I think, you know, the separation of those plans isn't something that you can articulate in, I think, what, a minute and a half that you get to respond to to questions or however long the time limit is. For, you know, for a Bernie plan, like, how are you telling me that you're eliminating, you know, this much of a, st- of a student loan debt crisis in a nation that's already struggling financially? So, like, to, to give me that conceptually, it's hard in a debate. So, for me, it's I like the debate for, you know, acknowledgement of what candidates think on certain issues. But I think it also gives me the opportunity to say, OK, I've heard you. Now, let me go read through your plan mm-hmm. 
um, because I need to know where this money's coming from. I think that's, that's a lot. I, that's a lot of times the issue. It's yo, this plan sounds amazing. I don't want to uh, pay for student loans, or you know, I want to go to college for free, or mm-hmm. um, we can pay to to get rid of a lot of you know the fossil fuels and things like that, like they were discussing. Yeah. But where is it coming from? And I think a lot of times we don't do that due diligence to go to the debate and then go and research some of these points so that we're we're educated fully on them. But I think it was good for what it was worth. Um, but now I have my own homework to do. And I hope everybody else that watched the debate can go and do some of that homework as well um, to follow up on some of the stuff that was mentioned. Well, that's definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, but to one point that you brought up, Stephen, um, about how like, you talk about the diversity or the minority voters, excuse me. Uh, one thing I don't like about watching debates where there's no like minorities or like you know s- specific representation for like black for blackness for us, um, I hate just hearing like four or five white people on stage. Blacks need to do this. <laughs> African Americans need to do this. Black people got to do this. You see the lowest un- unemployment number. There. I feel like they don't truly know what goes on in the black community or what black people actually need or African Americans actually need. Um, in the country, and unemployment numbers are not telling you any time. Any what? What part of the story is that telling you about African Americans? Well, How much? Because <laughs> like, you don't have a job. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, and if they have the you know, the lowest unemployment rate, it's not stopping racism and like you know, or certain racism embedded in other institutions such as healthcare, education, no. or like all these other discrepancies, or like the or aca- uh, excuse me, academic achievement gaps, um, and all the other things that goes on. Because of their unemployment numbers, that's not enough, you know. That's not enough that the black people don't have a lot of capital or their median wages and you know, is lower in comparison to other racial groups and so on and so forth. Um, so that's just one thing that bothers me. Overall, it was that, it was that like, you know, the, it was that combative and entertaining because we're in the primary season yeah. and people seeing other, you know, Canada's no Sanders won this state, you know, Mary Pete Buttigieg won that state. So now you're looking slow for you if you're like Elizabeth Warren. She didn't win, and, you know, not only she's not winning these delegates, but she also lower on the um, polls and everything in the upcoming state. So, of course, you had to come out and m- make her stand. Uh, how I feel about the candidates, I don't know. For me, myself, I'm very, I'm a egalitarian, you know, progressive and forward man. You know, like, you, you, yeah, you can't say that and then not. Just drop oh, like, it's like equality amongst, like, all humans okay. type of thing. Um, <laughs> he, just, he just dropped the word and continued with the sentence. Like, slow no, down, slow down. See, now, now, I'm, now I'm second-guessing myself. Let me look it up. No, no, nah, nah, we, we trust that we trust that you know way. the word. We just want the audience yeah, to you, know you, the you, word. Oh yeah, yeah. the <laughs> principle of people are equal to rights and opportunities. You just dropped it, you and it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what it means. <laughs> but I'm like, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, somebody might not know what this exactly. Means. I'm in the whip listening to the episode. I'm like, you I don't got time to stop. <laughs> you dur- you done turned off Siri. You're driving. You can't look up the word. And I got to turn off the podcast playlist on. The playlist is coming soon. By the way, playlist is coming. We'll talk about that later. Go ahead. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I believe in like no policies to help all people. Stuff like that, and so for me, it's Mary Pete Buttigieg. You can keep him. I don't know why yeah, nobody. I can keep him. Yeah, I don't, he's not really doing anything for me. Um, I hate the title of his health care plan and Medicare for all who want it. <laughs> who wouldn't want health care? <laughs> it's, it's just just a horrible name. It's not good uh, advertising for it. Um, God can take Amy too, to be honest. Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, I, I kind of like her. Um, nah. But no, people know a lot of things. People pointing out that she did not get the same treatment that Kamala Harris got for being a prosecutor. Yeah, and, no. and mm-hmm. going down her record. So on one hand, people were like, "Oh, you know, p- maybe people just weren't aware of her." You know, who's Amy Klobuchar? Because they only they she only, go anywhere. They only mentioned it in one question, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. literally. And one. And then when she started getting pressed for it, she smiled and tap danced, and yeah. they let her be, and nothing else. And this also this is also a problem for Black people too, because I see we all saw Black people on Twitter kind of eviscerate Kamala Harris for months on end when mm-hmm. she was getting starting off in the race because of her record. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying you can't critique somebody, but. 
you know, not Evie Klobuchar was just, you know, twiddling her thumbs in the background. And I'm then surprised I was, I was she's still here. First of all, I'm surprised she's still even here. Because Kamala, could, could Kamala was still here, she would probably be leading a lot. No. You don't think so? Or she would have been, I think she'd be no. more competitive. Why? I don't think she's not. Be, first of all, I, I and this is going to, everybody could take this as they may. I think um, the public and the people in general, not to say anybody, the general public is racist or whatever, but I think for her, because of her record as a prosecutor, and her having to fight that battle of being a woman and black, people are already just going to cancel her out on premise. People won't say it out loud. They'll make mm-hmm. all the excuses in the world the same, thing, the same way they did for Hillary. I think they're going to make more excuses on top of that for Kamala. Yeah, and they, I don't, they Hillary, look, they Hillary's look, a little different. She's Hillary, different, Hillary, but yeah, I think different. That's a different situation. it's like for quite qualification as president, it's not like she's clear-cut winner above the other candidates. She's at par best. And then when you – with people I trying mean, to – I mean, with our current president, what qualifications? No, do no, you I'm talking about the candidates for the Democrats. Not talking about. Uh, I, I understand I was, what you're I was saying. saying like, you know, but I'm saying compared to the candidates, right? And then just considering the demographic, like, like Cory Booker, right? Let's look at it for example. Cory Booker was he was doing worse than yet. He was doing worse than everybody. And he was we had Obama for eight years. People were saying why? What's wrong with Cory Booker? There's clearly something wrong with Cory Booker because ain't nobody cared about Cory Booker and they got him out of here at three debates. I don't think I'm pessimistic about the population to have a uh, optimistic view of Kamala. That's what I'm saying, essentially. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I disagree. I, I don't know if it would be optimistic. Like, not that it wouldn't be optimistic. I just don't know if she would have enough time to express her points because I think a lot of the questions and responses mm-hmm. and rebuttals would have to be geared towards her record and her identity. Unfortunately, to the point mm-hmm. where, hey, if she was in a debate, I'm asking 90% of the questions about her prosecution history, the other 10% about you know her identity mm-hmm. and what else is like. She's not gonna have any time to talk about her actual points or her actual issues. No, she could, but that, would, that would, I mean, it'll be on her capacity as a good debater. Correct, be able correct, to, you correct, know. correct. Um, but then, I might be, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she didn't leave the 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 campaign because she wasn't getting enough votes. I'm pretty sure it had, had something to do with her, just her campaign as a whole was disorganized. Mm-hmm. Like I read, I read a few articles. This was back in November. Like somebody that's part of her staff saying like the um, the organization is bad. Like everything's a mess. They don't know what's going on. Like people who were working on her staff were just absolutely confused and like just thrown, thrown back. And I think it, three weeks after I read that article, she said she was suspending her campaign. Because when you look, if you looked at the ballot, it's not like she was getting like zeros and ones like the ga- what's her name Gabber or whatever her name oh, was. Tulsi Gabber. Yeah, yeah. God can keep that's her that's no hundred percent. She should have um, been showed up. But she was <laughs> she like showed she, up to the impeachment trial and said, "Stay." Uh, she said, "I'm here," and that's it. Or president or something. Like she that. was getting top four ish. Five-ish the whole time, but she was out. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I just I'm pessimistic about the population that's coming to vote, and we're gonna talk. I mean, we can talk about that right now too. But people who see all the candidates on stage don't really like any of them because whatever one or two reasons, and then knowing they're not gonna vote for Trump, and then their solution becomes I'm not gonna vote. And so it's not even just my thing of they don't even have just faith in like Kamala for example or any other candidates. It's like. Once the candidate you don't really that you didn't want wins or something, they're just gonna abstain. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not. Something hasn't shown me yet that this election is gonna be an election that surpasses. Like from an African American standpoint, we surpassed the voting percentage since I think was it 1964 or something mm-hmm. after they passed the voting rights or 1965 they passed it. And I think 68 was the highest or something, or that the turnout is gonna be higher. I feel like people are sitting back and saying, oh, we're just going to have him again anyway. I think you said this, like we talked about this briefly, people are like, oh, Trump's going to win again. No, Not doing no research, no, no investigation. Don't read. Yeah, they're just going to say, <laughs> what's the point of me voting if he's going to win anyway? 
I think that and that's where that's that's just my pessimistic about people when it comes to voting, especially in this climate, because people just like I don't need to be political. Yeah, I need, and I yeah, I understand your point. And I need people not to be that submissive. But like, 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 what do you say to somebody but, who's not a political person? Like, well, like for one thing, didn't watch any of the debates. For one thing, that they should know is that we are currently in a constitutional crisis, <laughs> and the country is easily on its way, a couple steps down towards fascism and a toward author, ooh, authoritarian government. Okay, so elaborate. Library. Um, and, and please explain again terms. So, <laughs> so which ones? Both fascists. Fascists? Like fascism? So, fascism? Yeah, yeah. Think about Nazi Germany. That's why. That's like, okay. like that type of. That's that's what pretty much the yeah, what the epitome of a fascist government. Um, authoritarian. So of course we live in a democratic republic and we're based off of like a representative democracy of voting stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about that we're moving towards having our Republican Party and that because that, extremists of Trump, um, we're moving it to be more of a regime party where they're trying to consolidate power and stay mm-hmm. and keep 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 their majority in the Congress and and uh, well in both in both houses of Congress and with the presidency itself, um, just so they can you know change rules or laws or go, you know curtail like. Democracy, like a lot of stuff. That's too much to count. A name right now has been going on in the Trump administration, um, but pretty much they're curtailing a lot of like civil, civil thing, like or like measures of truth and like like democracy. I know like a lot of people, especially black people, don't really believe in these justice systems. And I understand that, um, but I'm just saying like the objective structure of them, like that's what's being curtailed, like the kind of the meaning of them. I know, and again, I know criminal justice doesn't really mean a lot to me, like when you hear it for black people, yeah. but it's sort of like the Supreme, not really the Supreme Court, but just like how Congress like. Did you follow the impeachment? To an extent, Trial? yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do. So um, definitely like a buffer of like, yeah. like I, I missed one of the hearings. So, so I I'm just like I'm just I was gonna point that one section. Just pretty much how he got acquitted because mm-hmm. the Republicans had the majority and they refused to call witnesses. Yeah, that's really to be on the biggest debate about and the whole impeachment trial. Um, and so they didn't really have a trial. And what Hakeem Jeffries, um, Democrat from New York, um, you know, forgive me if I got that wrong, Hakeem Jeffries, um, um, but he he made a, a good point. I think he's talked about Thomas Jefferson or Ben Franklin. I uh, messed up the speeches in my head. Either way, he said one of them said that uh, tyranny is when something is legal for the government that's not legal for the citizenry or the people of that. You know, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you if you would, if you would even dare to ignore a congressional subpoena, what would happen? If you ignore if you ignore a uh, a warrant for your arrest or a subpoena. What are they doing? If black people ignore a traffic ticket, they <laughs> came with the boot. Black and, people and reached the wrong way for their wallet, and that's it. And you, you know, you buried in your car. Strap, ready to go. Exactly. And you're like, even before you even get that far, the police are showing up to your house and dragging you to jail, and you're they putting the bail on you and stuff like that. Police SWAT, come on now. Imagine <laughs> FBI, FBI. Yeah, exactly. Came. It's like I'm, I'm just saying. Like, imagine you said that. Yeah, I don't want. I'm not having witnesses in my trial. I'm like, I'm not having a trial. You, you're not allowed. We're not allowed to have that luxury, like by any means whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Where's the slowfest done? Raps. <laughs> put us away like you know the, and he was got, able we to got him like, <laughs> and bust down i mean he was able to have a, a quote-unquote trial without With no witnesses or extra documents that related to his trial when no other trial in any other court would ever have that in this country like ever you know and mm-hmm. barring if their corruption happened but most judges are supposed to be the neutral judicial party in our system um so that's what i'm talking about going towards authoritarianism yeah. as a country you know there's some i know i like i understand it was bad before but it can get a lot worse if you <laughs> america has never hasn't really seen an authoritarian government i know we i know americans have haha kiki down the other countries in north korea and they like you know stuff is, like that. fdr that authoritarian because he got three terms he's not authoritarian. <laughs> it was a law at the time fdr did a lot i know fdr did something horrible with the internment camps don't get me wrong japanese internment camps but you know those he, he saw america through the great depression and the world war ii 
And he and he had a new deal, and I started. That's when the party really flipped because of him. Yeah, true. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot that went on that, and when uh, that, that's, that's, that's that's like, I'm not gonna get into that. Mike about thing. to educate everybody. I know. Everybody. Everybody. say that, yo. We, he said, um, McCall McGrill. Is that the name? Oh, um, uh, McGraw Hill. Yeah, McGraw Hill. That's McHill. McGraw. McGraw Hill. Mike. I'm like, what is he talking about? Man, you know them books is trauma. I can't remember the name. No, that's funny. I think the I was it. Mitt Romney was the only person who voted. Um, I don't think he's. I mean, no, he, no, he was the only. I think he was the only Republican voted, to vote. Against. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, vote yeah. to impeach him on. No, to vote to remove him on abuse of power. Mm, interesting. Yeah. interesting. So I think to so, to Mike's point, mm. um, just a little bit. I think a lot of times, you know, people in black and brown communities get to the notion of you know laws that weren't meant for you can't really protect you or serve you yeah. i think that's the mindset that a lot of us have mm-hmm. um but i think it is important to to do your homework not just you know we're joking around about some of the terms that, that mike is using right now but more so than that to understand what laws and what rights that you have to understand when they're being violated and whether you know government is violating them and what into what capacity so mm-hmm. i think you know we can't even sit and have these arguments or these discussions to know whether the Democratic candidates have our best interests in mind if we're not understanding what our best interest even looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what is our best case scenario? What is our worst case scenario? And we don't know that unless we're having conversations about, okay, what did this impeachment trial mean? What did, you know, him not mm-hmm. having a trial mean? Yeah. What did not having witnesses mean for us? And how could that potentially be emulated on, you know, a local government level or, you know, a state government level where it's impacting us directly? So I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, blue collar people, people working, you know, day to day are so far removed from, you know, what's happening in Washington and what's happening in, you know, course, the, the they're, Senate they're, chambers and everything like that. Oppressed, of course. They're exactly. Of exactly. I understand that. I'm not saying No, that. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand it too. And I think, you know, even yeah. we're, we're so very far removed from 100%. the stuff that happens in Washington. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't at least be able to, to dialogue and to understand what's happening to make the choice where even if you vote, it might not affect, you know, your day to day life. But it has the potential to, and I think we just have to be mindful of that. So, mm-hmm. how do you motivate somebody then to do so? How do you? Because, because that, that was the original I, question I've, they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, because I've personally, I don't want to say I've retired, but I, I've avoided like the long soliloquies explaining why somebody should vote. I think the last person I did that was my cousin because he said something ignorant, and we went back and forth, mm-hmm. and he was like, "It don't matter." And I was, I think it was like twelve o'clock. I'm like, "I'm not doing this." A lot, right of, now. A lot of people are like that. It's so yeah. dismissive of it. So, like, I guess what what's the breaking point? Because you got to remember the it's not the presidential election that really does the change of your community it's Joe's local elections right mm-hmm. so yeah. then people are like okay mate I voted the local election I'm good what I need to vote for a president for the president doesn't have the power it's all the congressional senators and everything in the legislative party so what am I voting for the president for why I need to vote for him anyway it's yeah, like I'm, just, I'm, t- I'm telling you yeah. right up what no, 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 it's, yeah. it's just a misunderstanding of like how the government works yeah. I think in, in my perspective it's <laughs> someone said to me <laughs> Mike I'm telling you I bet some, some people man. this is getting vexed um, <laughs> in my perspective it's not not, my motivation to tell other people is not just to vote for yourself. So looking at mm-hmm. that $15 an hour minimum wage, that might not affect you if you make over $15 an hour already. Yeah. But, you know, for your cousin, for your boy, for your brother that doesn't make $15 an hour, that can drastically change their circumstance. Um, you know, healthcare doesn't really affect you if you have a good healthcare policy and you get your glasses every year and you get your teeth clean. But again, for your I got, sister. I dentist today. Sign up, sign up. It's a great time. I love my dentist, y'all. See, Steven got good health care. Um, <laughs> exactly. exactly. My, but, da- my dad, um, stay employee. We good. <laughs> see, look at that. Um, but, <laughs> but, 
but see, but vote best for benefits, the, best benefits. Exactly, but vote for the you know for your girl, for your sister, or whatever that mm-hmm. doesn't you know get their teeth cleaned or their glasses every year because mm-hmm. because those things matter. Or for the people that you know live in Florida, like climate change might not affect somebody that lives you know in New England right now as much as it affects somebody in California and for Florida. Yeah. So vote for you know that kid you went to college with that lives in cali or whatever the case is that's my motivation to not just vote for yourself but vote for the people that that it impacts and everybody i think whether your circle's large or whether your circle's small has somebody that these decisions can impact directly and change their circumstance on a day-to-day exactly um there's a lot that really motivates my philosophy on why on like how to get someone to motivate oh how to motivate someone to vote excuse me um it always started, for me, like, my political, like, mindset where I have right now, it literally always started from that one moment in high school. We talked about this before. Um, Socrates, I think. Well, I always get them, get them yeah, mixed up. Socrates. It's either Socrates or Aristotle. But one of them said that, I saw a quote, and they said that, I guess American is involved in this country's politics. And I don't know why, like, 18-year-old me, I was like, huh, that's very interesting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I never really was before that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Obama was president. What am, I, what am I thinking about? <laughs> you know, I was, just, I was just going through life. Like, <laughs> right. it's good. Um, but... What I would say to someone if they said not to vote, I just have to remind them that it, it work, it's different. It's a different conversation for different groups of people. Yeah. If you're talking about the general American, that's a different conversation. If you're talking about the African American, well, that's a start, different conversation. Let's, let's start We're, with the African American. African American, right? okay. And that's, just to remind viewers that uh, three of us are black men, and for our non-black listeners, like Mike's, we we, we, we Mike, speak Mike to six our, two. Just in case anybody needs to know. What? Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> see, dudes, we got to drop the height in there for people. We, we talk about your height last week. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But, yeah, <laughs> we're three black men, so I've been speaking to my experience and my community and what we know. You know, that's why I always spoken. But if you want to talk about the black American, um, the, my, what I see with the black American is that there's a very, very strong dissonance, and not dissonance, but actually a disconnect between black American identity and their national identity. Yes. Black people, black Americans do not often really refer to themselves as American. I don't think I he- really hear black Americans say the word, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I've seen, well, from my personal, like, traveling outside the country, like, one or two times that I've done it, um, and when, like, when you go to a different country, we can't erase that identity, a part of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that happened to me personally when we went to Brazil, and walking around, oh, there's, like, oh, Americano, Americano, and, like, I was like, you know, I kind of forget that to the rest of the world, that's who, yeah. that's where I come from, that, yep. and that's what I represent. And to them, like, you know, we're all rich. I'm part of that, and yeah, <laughs> I'm part of that they, myth, too. It was a, a Mike's side, like, yo, you got bread? I'm like, I'm like what? It's, it's, it's I Portuguese. Be, I, like, I down no. there look like, <laughs> look like everybody else. What do you mean? I had no branding. I had a white tee on, some shorts. Right, <laughs> right. Shorts. I ain't standing out down there. What about the Brazilian jersey with the name on the back? <laughs> Give me the name or whoever you play for now. Um, oh, man. But, no, so I, I think that that's because, like, for me personally, identity is an issue I like to study because I study education, so I'm, it's something I care about. Um, and growing up in Philadelphia when I was Jamaican and it was African-American and then, like, the way I grew up identifying as Jamaican, it was just contrasted African-American identities and mm-hmm. so on and so forth and learning my culture and someone else's culture at the same time. Yeah. Um, like, it's like, you know, of course you're, you're Ghanaian-American, so, mm-hmm. you know, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, and it was like, it was always something of interest to me, but I noticed as you got older, like, they, I think a lot of black Americans just kind of removed themselves from it because there's a lot of pain and trauma from, like, yeah. seeing, not much like seeing the American flag, um, but, like, what America has done to their people. And the more they learn from it, the more, of course, they like, move towards it yeah. in that sense. You know, most, most black Americans just want to live. <laughs> and they literally just want to live without fear and stuff like that. You know, they're not going to walk up, sing the, you know, sing any national anthem proudly or stuff like that. Um, you know, they don't want that in their lives. And 
even though I know and I understand the immense difficulty of that because of the trauma and everything I went through. But for me personally, I would speak to black Americans. I have to remind black Americans that they are have exhibited in their history the truest spirit and principles of America. And so has the leaders that we always looked up to, like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Margaret Evers, Angela Davis. Mm-hmm. I can keep going. <laughs> like I go on, I can name all of them. But they are the ones who fought the freedom fighters who have fought for their rights and their dignity as human beings mm-hmm. and try to hold America accountable to that, those lines in the Declaration of Independence. Like, yeah. I mean, all men are created equal without all that, that, that long spiel. Um, that was, that was that Declaration of Independence. I'd be, I'd be tripping on my memory. I don't want to say wrong things <laughs> in the show. Like, the Constitution like, or something. Might be fact-checking when we, when we come back and edit the, edit the sound. Um, but, yeah, but I just, like, and, like, but and like the only way things will change is, like, we have to emulate what the Civil Rights Movement taught us, and that's really committing yourself to engaging in that process. Like, I know it's trying. I know no one wants to really vote or campaign or, you know, mm-hmm. or canvas and stuff like that, but we have, like, we, this is, like, our, this is the main way that we get involved and to change for our people. Yeah. You know, and we've seen organization works. We've seen protesting works. We've seen the civil rights movement works. And our processing now gets, it still gets messed with, like, militarized police, and, you know, which is different from the 60s, but, you know, they was getting dogs in the hoses and, like, you know, they was literally getting beat down in the streets, yeah. like, you know. Um, and so, but if they were able to report not, not suffer, but, you know, survive through that, I would say, we can, you know, we can put some courage forth, too, because things are, things are from the outside, I think, relatively better optically yeah. for black Americans. But it's still mass incarceration and stuff that goes on, but, you know, and police brutality. But it's like, you know, three of us are in college. We're in graduate school, for that matter. You know, yeah. we, we have these opportunities that a lot of people didn't have in the past. So for the black American, I would say that um, it's really about engaging with that national identity. And I know it hurts, but you it has to hurt for you. So that has to be that motivation. You have to realize, like, like my voice matters and it counts. And this is the only way. And well, it's not the only way, but this is the main way it's reflected in my government and, and or the people who have power to change my position or what I care about. Mm-hmm. Especially in the, now we're living in an age of progressivism in this country. That's come back since FDR, actually. Since FDR. Hello, drop the definition, please. For what progressivism? Progressivism. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna um, drop a, a podcast dictionary. <laughs> Look, that's what I'm just saying. I'm just making sure dictionary. that when people Pod. listen and they don't got their phones like in their yeah. hands, like they can still. I mean, we can put it in the description. We like true. keywords to know for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> podcast key terms. Podcast key terms, yo. Like new, new vocabulary for a chapter. Um, progressivism. That's like um, that's what they call the far left of Democratic Party. So Democratic Party, like. Oh, President Here Obama, break it down. I like so, like, that. let's say, right, yeah. So, like, President, Give President Obama, the visual. Give yeah. the visual. <laughs> President Obama was a moderate Democrat. That means he kind of leaned to the right a little bit with his policies. I.e., when like the economy crashed and that bailout, which mm-hmm. he didn't really hold the banks accountable <laughs> for yeah. anything. When they just really give him seven hundred billion dollars of taxpayer money, where they didn't have to. What, 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 besides, besides who Bernie Madoff? That was yeah, Bur- Bernie Madoff, who was like, <laughs> made it, almost made out like a bandit. Yeah, almost, almost, <laughs> almost. But he, his, <laughs> his crimes were too heinous for him to, for him to walk away. But no. most of them did walk away, and most of them got like immense, like multi million dollar severance packages. Like, and then that's pretty much it. Um, Yo, he really would have made it out too. Yeah, that's almost, the crazy thing. By the thing. skin of his, yeah. Like, um, the, the, the flaw was the economy crashing. He can't even predict that. <laughs> well, you could, technically could predict yeah, that, yeah. but, um, but um, what was I about to say, oh yeah, but a far left person would be like. Bernie Sanders or the kind of like democratic politics policies that are most popular right now, like Medicare for all, like that more democratic socialism type of a talk, um, free free education or free college education, public uh, free college, public college education, excuse me, and so on and so forth, stuff like that. So that's so that's like progressivism, that's, which is different from the main de- moderate de- main democratic party, which is mostly moderate and has a lot of like a lot of money behind it too, kind of like the Republican Party, and then there's like the right wing stuff too as well. Okay. Nah, see, um, 
And I think going back to your points that you had just made, I think I challenge additionally mm-hmm. to, to voting, <clears throat> excuse me, voting for the president. Please don't do it in isolation. Yes. So don't vote for the president and, you know, think that your work or your labor is over. That is just a baby step or like a, a small drop in the bucket for what needs to be done. I think, again, uh, Mike brought up great points uh, for African-Americans or native blacks um, in this country that have fought hard for the right to to get out and vote for the president. But I think, you know, sometimes we forget that the work within our communities, at our local elections, but also within our communities, uh, as we look at economics, as we look at support, as we look at unity, that work needs to be done. So please do not vote in isolation. Vote as a step to a much larger plan um, because there is there is significant work that needs to be done. Definitely. Dudo here, what are you doing? No, nah, I just seen we got a message on the um the IG for the podcast, so I just peeped it real quick for two seconds. Oh, uh, it's a question that we need to answer? No, it isn't actually. It was just kinda like a congratulations, like the new pod. Okay. Um, so, so thank you, thank you, whoever sent that message. We yeah, appreciate it. No, shout dope. out to you. I'm here though. Big shout out. Big shout out. <laughs> it's like Havana Boutique. I'll give it a shout out. Havana <laughs> Boutique. I don't know who's I think I can't remember whose boutique I that have is. No idea, but thank you, Havana. Small boutique. small business supports small business. Hundred percent. Even though we not really make money for this, <laughs> it's a free shout out. It's a free, it's a free, free shout out. Shout out. Free it's bag. A free shout out. We start doing the sponsors. Free clout. Look, sponsors. If you hear this, man, hit us. Sponsors. Mm-hmm. If you hear this, I could change my voice. I got the Allstate voice anytime. You know we can code switch easy. Code switch. <laughs> the vernacular. Right, ad. For small businesses, man. People listening. So if you need anything, you know. Oh, that's out. a fact. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, definitely. Hit the hit our DM. AD AD combos. AD combos. Always say ADC combos. But AD combos on IG. Every time someone says ADC. I always want to say ACDC, like them sneakers, them skinny was that, was that? Remember that show, the dance show? America's oh, Best Dance Crew? Yeah. ABDC. The Jabberwockies? Yeah, that's where they yeah. came from. Uh, Randy, was Randy Jackson that ran that show? I, want, I think so. It yeah, was, yeah, because he left American Idol for a bit, didn't he? He did. And then he did that one, or was he doing that in, in Congress? I think he was doing them both together. I think, I don't I mean, know. What happened to Randy Jackson? What happened to American Idol? No one cares about American. <laughs> they made like eight that different iterations of that show. <laughs> show was popular when we were kids, and no one cared about that show. How sweet. If you want to make it now, you become an industry point <laughs> like everybody else. Look, no, shout, out, shout out my guy, Ruben Stutter, man. Sorry, 2004 was a vibe. Yo, that bro. was a hit. That was a vibe. I'm sorry for 2004. <laughs> I was like, Ruben Stutter, what the hell? Look, Mike is practicing his singing low key. I know oh, no, I'm a, I, I've always, I'm, it's on my bucket list. I'm going to learn how to sing before I die. I need 100%. to be on stage. Like, I can learn the piano too. I want to Mike, Mike, why are you copying me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you only need my, 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 Mike saw me say I'm gonna be serenaded out here, and he said, "Nasty, nah, we can't do it by himself." Mike, you no, have all the juice already. No, I have nothing in my life, but <laughs> hap. I have. Um, I've always wanted. I've never that music. I've, I've always wanted to expand on like my musical skills. I didn't have any training growing up. I always mm-hmm. loved. I've always loved. Like, I super love music. I was just very. Stand- I was very. I've never, I, I had one music class in eighth grade. And I didn't take it serious. <laughs> I'm talking about. Like my parents put me in like nothing. <laughs> like, I had a violin, but I didn't want to play the violin. I wanted the drums. But my dad already bought the violin because the school ran out of rental violins. <laughs> and so what I do play no instruments for like eight years, and then. Uh, Self-taught the piano for a bit. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to hit the for at least. Oh no! When you when you learn that with the, like the whole thing, because like when you get to like part five when he's do 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 do. Oh, that part's crazy. Yeah, and I'm glad I have big hands. Like, cause if I didn't have big hands, I don't know how people's small hands do it. Like my pinky like getting sore, stretching to hit like the C the C sharp all the way on the side. Nah, it's crazy. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to get on that. Oh, we, we are digressing. About the chorus I, point. I, I, no, when, when you asked me for the black American, different yeah, from like the general American. Yeah, you do a song with the Instagram. Man. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Because no. Siri just went off on his own. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with Siri. Um, I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to be long. Keep it short. But for the general American, I would say that, you know, America to me exists in three different parts. There's the constitutional America, which is the America that we try to live to. Yeah. Um, there's a American dream, which is the kind of the lie that we're told. Um. And there's America the reality, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. what we live in right now. And the constitutional America is the America that still hasn't been lived up to in, in the sense that because the founding fathers of the country, they really they, they, they saw, they, you know, they wrote the Constitution and stuff like that. And they signed the law, but they did not abolish slavery at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, that set us on the course that we are now because America has, has been hypocritical since. You can't write all men. Can you imagine writing all men and signing off that all men are created equal and then going home to your slaves? <laughs> like, does that make sense? You know, no. like, I think like a good, I won't say like half, but like definitely some of the following, and you, I think there's a picture that's a famous picture of them in the room with like, you know, Ben Franklin and all of them and they were like, and I think like seven of them had slaves and definitely George Washington. Yeah, they all, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton. Which one is to keep one in the attic? Was it Thomas Jefferson? It's probably Thomas Jefferson. I think it was Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson gets like the, mo- the most heat yeah. for his slaves because he wrote everything. Yeah. And then try to he tried to tap dance like, oh, technically, no, they yeah. don't need. Boy. Exactly. And so, like, that Constitution of America is like, that's what we're here for. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, we cannot have such American arrogance and pride mm-hmm. and, not, and not vote in our system. You yeah. know, you can't. And also, like, I'm going to have to borrow this from feminism um, from the 1980s, I think it was coined. I cannot remember the black woman's name, but she said that the person was political. Um, so like I understand now. This is where the I guess intersectionality comes in because that's yeah. where race makes it different. Because like you know, for we were just talking about that in that book club we just left, but like yeah, how you know white Americans view that differently, view politics differently. They have a choice, you know. And black Americans understand that there is not you know this we live and die. You know, and then there was once a time we were second class citizens, we were subhuman, we were properly all legally, yeah. <laughs> all through law. So you have to understand that like if you're not participating in that, you're allowing them to just do whatever. You know, and you're just taking turning a blind eye to it. In that sense, you know, and that's why how um, I'm not saying this is like any sentences fault why this happened, but even like during the 80s, that's like mm-hmm. the most weekend with the war on drugs and how all those things came out, you know, the war on drugs, and, you know, that those senators and people who followed Reagan down that path, you know, they were voting in by those uh, people who t- t- took the time to go vote and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. Yes, were your parents like strong on y'all to like register to vote like the minute you turn 18? No, no. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to remember. I have to register to vote right now, honestly. Um, I think it was mentioned, but I don't think it was like a, all right, make sure you go vote. Like mm-hmm. it was just like you know, make sure you register to vote. It was it was sort of passive in, okay. in their suggestions. Interesting. I'm trying to remember my sis. I don't think my sister was 18 yet when Obama first got elected, but when he his second term, he was she was 18 by then, and my dad was like, you like I'm pretty sure I remember because I was still in high school. Pretty sure he called her, like did you vote today? Like hit her up in the morning. Like my dad's been very my dad's. Very, I want to say he's very political, but he's he attached himself to specific parts of the black experience in America. Mm-hmm. And voting and the civil rights movement are two of like the very big things about him. Like, you have to vote. Like, my mom, like, even like local like elections will call me and say, Did you vote today? Like, eight in the morning, like, while she's at work. And then she'll call again at two, and then she'll call again at seven. I haven't done it already. I think that's the important part, though, mm-hmm. to, like, make sure people... I think a lot of times, like, it's election day for the president every four years, and you get the call. Mm-hmm. No, every two years, or every six years, or however long these terms are at these local and state levels, yeah. like, please make sure that you're calling and texting and, like, your kids and your cousins, because those are the ones that are going to d- impact you more directly 
um, on that day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, it's, it's important. And it's something probably just going to carry down right to my kids, too. Yeah. Assuming that global mm-hmm. warming doesn't destroy our world before we get to that point. Hey, you know what we got to do? We got to vote. <laughs> get, get some money in there. It's going to make a difference. Green New Deal. Go look it up. Read the policies. My, Mike is up to date. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I read a lot. I'm very, I've always been, I'm always like, I don't know. Anything that has like human concern and matters, I've been very invested you're, you're in. You're there for that? Yeah, 100%. I'm like, it's calling me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be in an arena that serves people, and I think politics. Not really. I don't say politics. I'm not. I'm not gonna be a politician. I'm gonna be an elected official. <laughs> I want to mm. do my job. You know, that's different. Politics. You want to play the game. Life isn't a game. People die. Like you know, if you're just life not isn't t- a game. People die. <laughs> if you're not taking this seriously, Mike Bar. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm about to say that, yo. I might transcribe that in the description too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right with the glossary. <laughs> but yeah, um, but. I've been spewing. And my my uh, probably tired of hearing my opinion on, on those things. We said battle on the bullet. This is your podcast, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Get these voters into into the um, voting booths. What yeah. do y'all think? What do y'all think about what specifically? How 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 would you inspire someone to vote? I usually try to first challenge somebody on what their goals and the life that they aspire to have, and ask themselves how they're planning to reach that. What is available to them? Like what what do they see themselves at? And then I had to and it really ask a challenging question like. Okay, if you understand that, then you understand that certain policies X, Y, and Z are going to inhibit you from doing so. And it's like, oh, well, I guess. Uh. Like once I see you uh, once, you're on the ropes now. Uh, you 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 duck you ducking the punches. Mm-hmm. I, I, somebody tells me I have a very military, um, military militaristic um, vernacular, and I do 100. I've embraced. You just ag- like your voice is loud, so you're already aggressive off, right? Yeah, so. and, and, and I, I use straight <laughs> like fighting and army <laughs> dodge very bad sometimes. But essentially, it's like. I try to remind them that, like, even though you can know nothing about politics and growing up it may not, like, quote-unquote affected you because you didn't have to think about it because we were kids, yeah. even though it affected us in reality, like, you're going to get to the point where there's things you want to do in life, things you aspire to, and there are going to be laws and regulations or people who are blocking you from doing so, and there's nothing you can say about it because it's a law. It's something that's that you could have fought, but because you didn't take the time in your youth to understand how politics work, how things will affect you, you've allowed this thing to kind of slide under the rug and now it's come back to bite you. But that's what I try to do. And it's and it's hard because I'm I wouldn't I'm optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. I don't know. I just kind of jump between the two lines of things just because of how my brain works and mm-hmm. I think about scenarios. But people I'm friends with I have a lot of friends who are just pessimistic about government. And, and as they should just you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And people I just grew up back home where they're just like, it's whatever. Like they don't see themselves past where like where they are right now, and that's I feel like that's always a scary thing. Once somebody gets in the mindset of of plateauing mm-hmm. or just stabilizing in a sense where there's no progression, and once and if I if I can't sell you on the dreams and aspirations you have for your future because you're you want to be where you're at forever, then I I don't know what I can convince you as. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about to get into a whole blown argument, especially with, with respect to with black folks. Cause I'm kind of tired of arguing with black folks on why they should vote because I feel like it's self-explanatory. Yeah. And any and people's favorite thing to say is, and next time somebody says to me in person, I am not a violent person. They might get back smacked though because <laughs> <laughs> it's like that was mad long ago. And but the thing is, people say that, and then when you bring up something like I brought up the other day, Mike saw me. I was arguing with somebody on Twitter because they they caught mm-hmm. my eye and they they caught all the smoke that day. It, it's their fault. They just said something ignorant. They says this happened in the past, and then I was like, okay, you know, 
um, race and like the laws and stuff, they're all related. He was like, how? I'm like, clearly you didn't, I told you to look at your history. You say, I don't need to look at my history. I tell you about something, you say, why? Clearly you're uninformed, so we're not discussing anything at this point. Exactly. And, and so now we're talking in circles, we're not talking about anything of substance. Because one thing, if we have a disagreement on something, if we have the same backbone of history and knowledge about something, we can have an intellectual discussion. If you're ignorant to it, and then you want to argue it, and then a simple like fact about something you don't know because you're ignorant to it, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot a lot of the time I spend so much time trying to like throw people on my back, like, yeah, we can go here, we can go here, like come with me. And people are just like, uh, no, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense because you're ignoring the foundation of what will make it sense. So mm-hmm. now we're just not addressing anything. Exactly. So I think that's that's my struggle, I guess. I can tell you if you have a dream aspiration goals for yourself, I feel like I can get you there. But if you don't even have that, I'm selling you on something you don't even believe in for yourself. You don't believe in yourself. What am I supposed to do at this point? And I'm, I'm saying that in the sense of, like, a greater sense. Like, people who don't believe in stuff, I always uplift them. But, like, in this sense of political realm to vote, I don't know what I'm supposed to do at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's just my strife. So Yeah. I think additionally, and I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned pieces of this before, but I always look at voting from, like, a community-building standpoint. Mm-hmm. So not only, you know, how do certain laws and policies on a presidential level affect you, but how do those local and state elections affect you? So, you know, what does redlining look like? You know, does mm-hmm. that... Uh, deter people from investing in the community immediately surrounding you so does how does that impact like the shopping centers that are close to you the the restaurants that are close to you like these these things matter because if investors look at a redlining map that's generally constructed by a local or state official they say i'm not going to invest in this area or i'm not going to put my school in this area i'm not going to put my business in this area and then when we have black and brown communities that are traveling miles just to go to the nearest grocery store or, you know, miles to go to the nearest hospital, we have to, you know, look at that reality. Or if we're looking at, you know, where are the banks and where, where are these other uh, uh, buildings or, or these things in the community, we need to know, you know, why they aren't there. So I think that becomes a, a local and state election type of thing. So just making sure that we look at it from a community building standpoint. If we look at laws like community policing that are on the books, you know, how does mm-hmm. that impact um, your day to day, whether you're just hanging out at outside, you know, how do you feel with with uh, these police, this constant police presence in your community? So just being mindful that these things can impact your day to day significantly um, from a local and state election level, which hopefully gets people to vote for presidents as well. Because the life of the average American is not easy, <laughs> no, by any means. And I don't want to want us to come off as being preachy because we do understand that life is hard, no matter what age you are. Um, especially if you're working a job, you're working paycheck to paycheck. You're mm-hmm. not thinking about no damn. You know, you're not thinking about no damn politics. <laughs> you're not thinking about what's on the news. You know, um, and if you're especially you have kids, you know, if you're if you're a young adult, you know, you're just trying to make it, trying to find your way, trying to do this. So, like, literally in this country, because of the state, the current state of the common the common American, honestly, it's just and people don't people don't find time uh, or people don't even have time to read. Or yep. be, oh, ooh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad. Um, so I dropped my fault. Um, yeah. But people don't have time to read or stay informed or read those newspapers or, or watch the three-hour debate yeah. on MSNBC. And it starts at like seven o'clock seven, when eight, people are tired, and then making dinner, watch it, and then get the breakdown of what really happened. Because during the the whole debate, every um, politician started tap dancing when they're asked the right questions, and it's been the first ten minutes to tell everybody they believe in healthcare for all. And, and the last five minutes to say no. And then you might be tired, so what do you do? You might go on social media. Maybe that's where you get your news. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, we well, have to talk about the level of this misinformation mm-hmm. on social media. Or you, you're in a long distance relationship, so the only time you can talk to him or her is through a FaceTime call. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. We make the library on that, Steven. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying. Just off off of, of last week's pod, I got um some very hilarious views. I think I told y'all about this. Somebody said um we were tap dancing. Uh, some of them wanted more questions. Um, but someone did say we give hope for men, and that's the only one I care about right now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> thank you so you know, much for that compliment. Whoever said that, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah shout, out, shout out truly. to you. Shout out to you. Um, but, yeah, no, just in general, just going back to time. Like I was just alluding to, like, the, these debates and stuff. And a lot of these political shows and stuff, the best ones happen at, like, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock. And I was just alluding to the fact that if you're in a long-distance relationship, that nighttime is usually that time you would spend talking to your significant other, whether it be a FaceTime or a call. So you can't focus on watching the news because it's daytime. Mm. So, I mean, if y'all, if y'all have experience with this, y'all can speak more about it. I was just throwing out the scenario. Nah, but I would hope um, my bae, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. whoever that is, or, um, would be interested in the debate as well. So, ah, uh, so, okay, interesting. <laughs> 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 okay, nah, that's valid, that's valid. Yeah. Uh. Steven, Steven always trying me, man. I'm never trying anybody, actually. I'm here I'm here just to um discuss and converse and have a good time with my brothers. Yeah. But last thing, um, last point I want to make, um, as we're talking about elections and, and community and things like that, please um focus on community building. Please focus on, you know, economic community building, uh, group finance, group economics. Um, these things are are very strong pillars of of a strong and solid community i think i'm one of those people that loves the civil rights movement loves everything that the civil rights movement has allowed uh the group of of underrepresented communities to do but also one that is able to sort of sit back in 2020 hindsight critique and say you know not enough emphasis was put on community building Mm -hmm. so to recognize like the establishment of institutions like hospitals and schools in black and brown communities is essential Mm -hmm. control over these institutions is essential you know control over you know the housing and and the housing uh, policies in these communities is essential and that comes from making sure that we're electing officials on all levels that represent our best interests in many cases that look like us and can understand our experience, but also that us as citizens are doing day-to-day work to ensure that, you know, that community bank is lending to black and brown people that want to start businesses, is lending to black and brown people that want to buy homes, is lending to underrepresented groups that want to move in and want to invest in the community and want to ensure that, you know, we have a grocery store, that we're not living in food deserts, that we have a hospital where we have black doctors, that we're hiring these individuals. So we need to first vote but then build these institutions and control these institutions to ensure that we're making the decisions, again, that are in our best interest. Yo, last quick question, right? It's kind of random. Who who would you say is kind of like our, who's leading, I guess, our civil rights movement now? Because we're still fighting for that equality and the justice that exists. And like, we know what we had during the civil rights movement. Who do you think like right now kind of like is representing that fight? Dr. Umar Johnson. It seems the pod is over. We're actually going to get canceled because <laughs> no one took that seriously. I'm being very sarcastic. Yeah. Very sarcastic. I apologize. The, the, the wind blows. He said, you heard that? God. What did he say? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no. That He always in the park or something. <laughs> I, does anybody know what neighborhood that is? Somebody said he homeless. No, I saw that, too, and I'm starting to agree with them. I can't pinpoint where that neighborhood is. That's not a Connecticut um, playground, so that is that. <laughs> I don't know if it's D.C. I've seen a lot of D.C. playgrounds. I don't look like D.C. He said he lived in Delaware, like, outside the school. Mm. Mm. So he got to go to the playground? (laughs) 
Is his kid with him when he goes? I don't, I don't does know. Does he questions. have kids? I think He's, he does have children. Okay. It's none of my business. I, anyway. I don't follow that man. But, so that's all Corey. That's Corey's boy. <laughs> Corey, that is Corey's boy. I don't follow him, him, him and the other one. What's the other one we were talking about? Um, the one on Twitter. Oh, uh, um, Dr. Boyce Watkins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, out the, shout out the Black Business School. Um, but Watkins. some of the other stuff, uh, I, can't, I can't shout that out. <laughs> I'm not saying they're always, I'm not saying like they're always wrong, but they be chatting sometimes. No, they, be they, coming, be, they be saying some, some otherworldly things. So, uh, the vitriol on Twitter is crazy. Yeah. A reminder that All Smoke 2020 is still active, so be wary. I don't yeah. know what that's for, but that's just for the world. <laughs> um, I, would like, I would just like to say, since we're ended off right mm-hmm. now, um, right, we're ended yeah. off, about to go to the music. Oh. No, no, but we got to answer the question. Who do you think is, I was joking oh, when oh, I said oh, that. Oh, I'm screaming. Yeah. Myself. You know what? I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here like, wait, music, hold on. Like you bring in nonsense. I want to answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, week two, dudes not answer questions. <laughs> I think it's leading. Um, definitely. Because it's not, it's like, quote, unquote, with respect to everybody who's making, who's fighting, it does there's not enough light shedded on it, so the significance has been diluted in a sense. Um, definitely the leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely those black women. I think they're queer black women. If yes. I, it's okay if I'm mistaken, but um, I think they're those ones who started that movement mm-hmm. from the, the previous decade. They took up a lot, and then um, we're talking about like writing for like civil like yeah, justice, and civil justice, civil justice. So yeah. definitely, I would name those. those I think three or four women mm-hmm. um, who started that campaign. Um, civil justice art. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Bernice King does a lot. Yeah, she goes she very does. under the radar, too. I don't think people realize how much she does for communities. Um, but that's, you know, you, did you put, father. Would you put Kaepernick in there? Huh? Okay. I, w- I wouldn't. Yes and no. I'll put Kaepernick in there. Actually, no, I, I would put Kaepernick in there. Let me stop. I'm putting, I'll put Kaepernick because he actually does stuff. He actually uses his own money to help his communities and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Starting start a publishing company, too. That's good. The only reason why I'm hesitant to put Kaepernick on it because, like, his – he is very inconsistent with how – like, we don't know when we're going to get Kaepernick. Kaepernick mm-hmm. might disappear for eight months and come out. My, the, my view of a civil justice person is somebody who's active and prominent, and I always know you're somewhere – Doing mm-hmm. which, like, you're, you, you're not silent. Mm-hmm. Point blank period. Like, your voice is heard. And I don't necessarily see that from Kaepernick. And I think somebody made this take on one time, like, Kaepernick only comes out when it's convenient to him. And maybe that's not necessarily true, but it I looks like that's it. that's true. I think in a sense, because he's not, he's not out there, right? Because you think about you know, people who were fighting for civil rights, they had an event every day. They were in a different city every other day, and it was going. And not mm-hmm. to say that's a different level of magnitude, so I'm not saying people have to do that per se. But I think Kaepernick has place a strong enough stance to show that he wants to this is the type of person he is this is what he's doing I just think he doesn't always he's it's, he, you don't always see where he is that's that's more or less you don't need to see what everybody's doing from that standpoint but the way life is going where social media is working it's kind of like like when's the last time you heard from um, Kaepernick after what the football workout maybe mm, yep. you know what I'm saying and that's attacking the prejudice that exists in the NFL. Um, but then since that, we haven't really heard anything. We don't know what's going on. We don't know that. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because when you don't hear from him, the fight gets diluted. Like, people forget the things that the NFL does uh, mm-hmm. in regards to race and stuff like that. And that, all that just gets kind of swept under the rug. If somebody's prominent and they're coming at you, like, they're not letting you sleep. Like, Malcolm was not letting you sleep. I'm okay. So, not not I- to compare him to those people, but, like, like that type of activity from a leader didn't allow the issue to just go under the rug. So how you feel about your boy Jay Z and the whole NFL deal? What what I feel about him? Yeah. In terms of what? 
I mean, he supposed he specifically. Wait, let me back let me backpedal a little bit. I feel like I feel like the only defense of Kaepernick is from for me is that he was going through a lot trying to get his job back mm-hmm. in the NFL, and that kind of just ended after the last little debacle that happened. Yeah. So he's officially not going back. Um, and I think uh, maybe I don't know what he's gonna do now. I, only thing I, I've heard recently is he started a publishing company to give more voices to black writers and mm-hmm. and, and uh, people of color. Um, and but, but Jay Z was supposed to be like, oh, I'm coming in to help them, you know, yeah. or me help them that both billion dollar organization be more civil justice and so on and so um, forth. I think I. I have no problem with what Jay-Z did in terms of getting himself at the seat of the table to try to make change. I have a slight problem with people who try to accuse Jay-Z of selling out for trying to put himself in a position of power to change things for the NFL. And the biggest reason for that is because if the idea that the NFL would just relinquish this power and give it to like us five random black folks sitting at the table is not only a dream, but it's also an alternative reality that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... There's some point of reality where you have to figure out, okay, who, like, how are we going to start, quote unquote, infiltrating that table, right? Because Jay Z, we don't want Jay Z to be the only one at that table. We're, we're trying to get one in to get two in to get three in to take mm-hmm. ha- to have a 51 percent majority, and then as we were just talking about with Virginia, just start passing things mm-hmm. and getting things done. And I think Jay Z has enough of a platform to do that. And I think it's a I think I was talking to my own that's about this, too. Um, I, I don't see it as a sellout. And I don't know what he does behind closed doors. And I, people try to, he's a comment, thinking, man, I personally don't believe that. And people who say those things, I, I question them. And their, their evidence of pointing to those things are circumstantial at best. So... So I will offer a counter argument. Mm-hmm. So he started that deal what last summer? I guess he. Yeah. This is the first season. Mm-hmm. So and the full season just came and went. Yeah. So what is what did Jay Z do? Well, the the question the the first question is I don't know what he did. I don't know either. I don't <laughs> so know. What he did. Imagine, so I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend I know what he did. I mean, um, I'm, 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 let me clarify. What was like the end product? Like what did what did Jay Z do in this partnership do? And to help the NFL be more social justice, or or you know really resolve that Kaepernick situation. I don't know, but then I, I the only thing I ask myself is like what 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 was I guess what was better is it would it, would you rather him not be there at all and then have there no because I I don't know I don't know I know like they went there originally they're in charge of like the Super Bowl stuff like that and now they're working toward I know they're working to be towards some campaign campaign and, and working this, towards the goal I know they're working toward is black ownership for a team I know that was the underlying thing they talked about that in different articles and stuff like that that's the quote unquote goal but to get black ownership for a team you have to sit there and convince somebody that you have to sell your team to this person like no one just says oh I'm done with my team take it. That's a billion dollar team. They're not giving it away like that. So I don't I don't I don't I personally don't know. He could could he do more? Sure. People who are more knowledgeable that can tell you, but I'm I'm not gonna attack him because what was the expectation in the first place and then what was the plan? If if the idea that change is gonna happen immediately, it's only been a year, is absurd in my opinion, especially with the NFL that's bo- borderline totalitarian government in its own right because it could do whatever it wants at any time. It doesn't have to respond to nobody. It's a private corporation. Yeah. And Jay-Z's a billion, uh, billionaire, but he's up against, I want to say he's up against, like he's trying to work with 30 other billionaires, 27 of them are white, one's Middle Eastern, and two are something else. So, he, he you know, he's already fighting a losing battle. And he has to try to get his people there and as some in some way, quote-unquote, people hate the word, appeal, appeal to like why this is in somebody's interest. Because they don't have to listen to Jay Z, kick off Jay Z. The next thing they kick off Jay Z off what he's doing. What are they gonna say next? Oh, he's useless. That's why they kicked him off. He ain't do nothing. 
I mean, they won't care. Their bottom line not going to change. Hmm? Their bottom line isn't going to change. No, that's what I'm saying. But I'm, yeah, that's exactly. But I'm saying mm-hmm. people who have a comment and want to drag Jay-Z for trying to bring a seat at mm-hmm. the table. Because I don't think Jay-Z is trying to be a seat at the table to just keep everybody out. I don't, I don't think that's his intent. And I watch, I, I've seen his, especially his more more recent interviews, with like I think he did one in the New York Times like a year or so. Mm-hmm. I've seen those. I don't think Jay Z is that type of person per se. But I think he's he's more optimistic than the average individual, I would say, because he's willing to work with people that we all wouldn't like and sit down with. Like, would, like, would you sit down and have a meeting with Roger Goodell? I'm a different person. I'll sit down with anybody. I'll okay. With anybody. <laughs> most people won't do that. I know. Most people like, won't do that. Like, I'll go sit down, sit down it, have a meeting with it, Trump. People I, wouldn't no, do that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, like, he's willing to most sit people down and say, okay, let, let's start working at a resolution. He's willing to do that. <laughs> but the fact that he's willing to do that in other people's eyes looks like, hey, uh, this guy, oh, he's not for us because he's with these people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. to sum it up, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm, I'm for a cap, and I'm also for Hove. And you can't tell me I can't do both because that doesn't make any sense. So I'm here. That's for anybody who needs to come at me with smoke, and then after this episode drops, the at name is. I didn't drop that name. Corey gonna drop it first, and then we got that. I'm not doing anything. Um, but uh, just to piggyback a little bit, not even to piggyback, but just to add a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we have that that leader the way we did um, in the past or in history. And that's I why think, I was kind I of alluding so. to, because yeah. I'm speaking more to the prime. Oh, I know, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And life is different now because like social media changes a lot of things, which yeah. a lot of people don't talk about. Well, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It really sword. alter our society. Social media should make it easier for somebody to reach the masses. In theory, if you didn't have misinformation. <laughs> in theory, so. yeah. But I mean, I think I think that content that constantly gets out via social media makes it a lot easier for people to to mess up, and we have this cancel culture. So that's a whole other conversation, and we try and wrap up. So I'm not going to go go mm-hmm. into cancel culture today or cancel culture um but i think they try to cancel out the game stop it um they would have they tried with no evidence look <laughs> i'll get to that different episode because look, i'm here for that smoke too look different episode but i just want to give a shout out to all like the teachers the coaches the parents um the uncles the churches that are still you know making an impact in the social justice Absolutely. movement the ymca the, that stay yeah, open exactly. till 11 o'clock mm-hmm. um, every community center out there in the world exactly the school districts that the are libraries that yeah. are giving out free lunches on the weekends and things like that y'all are definitely making an impact um, but again, it's about like the the local auntie that you know gives you a meal on Sunday, um, just as much as it's about. I had that when I was a kid. I did appreciate that a lot. Exactly. Um, they used to give out lunches to the whole every kid on the block. It was no nice. worries. It was nice. That's yeah. a nice block in Philly. What block was that? <laughs> nah, a block you want to go to. <laughs> so it's nah, about you live there <laughs> it's about them just as much as it's about you know the the big wigs that that control something. So shout out to everybody on the ground level. You know, it's always been grassroots organizations that have made an impact, the biggest impact. I feel like always um, in the civil rights movement. It was so. grassroots that got Obama president. Exactly. So it was grassroots. Shout out to everybody on the grassroots level doing thing you should get a bomb on the podcast yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> hey, that's my guy so yeah, yeah. I, 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 listen I, man i mean it'll be a difficult conversation you, you, to have use your man. political connects mike you Ooh, got it i have zero political <laughs> connects. i just want to be there one day <laughs> maybe i will soon hey maybe after, after next week <laughs> yeah but yeah that's i think that's that on that um happy black history month um right. to everybody uh celebrate these last couple weeks uh meaningfully um, do something impactful. Go to a black business. Watch a black movie. Watch a black documentary. Yes. I challenge yourself. Keep the black dollar, you know, in the community as much yes. as other communities keep they they dollar in their communities. I think that's at most uh, Asian communities do about six six or seven times before exit. I so. think it's more than that. I think Jewish was six or seven. I feel like oh, okay. Asian communities might be like eleven or twelve. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see what we could do. Uh, also, yeah. love your black self, please. Uh, your humanity is worth loving. More just as anyone else's, please. Yeah. A lot of black people don't have that self love. We need that self love. Yeah, I was just thinking the same <laughs> thing, yo. Dang, I'm, that's I'm not crazy. Mike. I'm not singing. Uh, 
All right, yo. It's time for the, time for the unnamed, unnamed corner. The unnamed corner. <laughs> unnamed section. Uh, of the we right got part. an announcement. Drum roll, drum roll, please. <laughs> we got to edit that out. That drum roll is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so we are at episode five. We said last episode, I think two episodes ago, that we was going to have a name for our music segment by episode five. We are here at episode five. The segment that's past the aux. We're bringing you new music, old music, music you're not hip to, music you should be hip to. All genres. Or just the latest hits. Or just the latest <laughs> if hits. If we feeling it. Yeah. Or just the move for the day. So past the ox, just really going to be, whatever that person's feeling, what that vibe is, you're going to get them. Um, we're passing the ox, so just in case the ox wasn't good, it's going to make its way to everybody so you can make a decision. <laughs> Keep in mind, remember what Mike said. He wants everybody to know what y'all think of the music. Please, please do. Yeah, right um, now, supposedly, they're not feeling Mike music. Right, 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 right now, Mike's third in the race. <laughs> Um, Corey looks like Corey is leading. I'm I have so- zero shame. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep showing my music off like, until nah. I, I, I gain some race. <laughs> End the race. We, we're going to keep you on the loop. The playlist is coming soon. Um, we're going to show y'all some. The music's going to be on our story, too, on our IG. So make sure yeah. y'all check it out. AD um, Convos. AD Convos. AD Convos. More content's coming soon. So make sure y'all follow the page. On Instagram only. Instagram only. Twitter mm-hmm. is to be to be determined. Yeah, Steven with all the smoke, so we can't be having that. I'm, not, I'm actually not with all the it's smoke. It's going to hurt me because Steven doing stuff that... I, I wouldn't do anything on the pod account. Yeah, I don't argue with people on the internet, so that's <laughs> not me. Well, I entertain discussions with them and then point them to the wrong conclusions. <laughs> See, look at that. Problematic. <laughs> but yeah, this week, who going first? Who got it? Uh, uh, I got it. Um, uh, I'm going to do a quick song by um, Nipsey Hussle. Um, again, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Rest um, in peace. He was a great, great leader in, in, in his own aspect and his own regard um, when it came to to wealth and, and economics and finance. So I, I appreciate uh, Victory Lap for the album that it was, but also for the lessons that it taught. Um, so off of the Victory Lap album, this is Dedication by Nipsey Hussle. Look, my nigga, this is dedication. This is anti-hesitation. It's a real nigga celebration. It's a dime block declaration. 59th and 5th Ave, granny house with vanilla wafers. It's the remedy to separation. Tupac of my generation. Blue pill in the fucking matrix. Red rose in the great pavement. Young black nigga trapped and he can't change it. No, he a genius, he just can't claim it. Cause they left him no platforms to explain it. He frustrated, so he get faded. But deep down inside, he know you can't fail. How long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity meet preparation? I need some real nigga reparations. Or I run up in your bank just for recreation. Dedication, hard work, plus patience. To some more of my sacrifice, I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting, told you that I wasn't playing. Now you hear what I've been saying. Dedication. Valid, valid, valid. Um, yeah, I chose a song by Rap City, right? Um, off her album, The Queen, right? Uh, Eve. Best rapper, best woman rapper. If no, hundred percent facts, and you can argue with your mom about it because if you listen to her, top bar- ten, top ten in general. Don't get me wrong, but she's yeah. definitely the best woman rapper. No, hundred percent. Bar no for name bar. second, no name second, whatever. Bar for bar. Um, but yeah, if you hadn't listened to her album, her album is called Eve. And basically what she did was she named every song after a black woman. Um, so she has, I think, what, 16 tracks on it. And this album's really good. That's actually one of my favorite albums of the year. It's arguably our album of the year. But it won't get nominated like that because people are not serious. Um, and I won't talk about that on this podcast right now. 
But um, right now I have um, Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut. I think that was an Egyptian queen. This so uh, this is um, Hatshepsut um, by Rhapsody featuring the one and only Queen Latifah. You telling me this, telling me this, you telling me that, telling me I promise that. once you've been with me, baby, you'll never go back. Never Queens go back. always have your back. Always. I'm thinking rebirth of flat. Yeah. First time I ever saw your face, I fell in love just I like that. I know your burden gets bad. You take and carry my bags. We cry together, hold you down the days you broken and sad. And I'ma always keep it real. No, I don't care if you mad. I'm here to make you better. I'm just like Coretta, in fact. See, only kings would understand just how that metaphor matched. Latifah's still a queen. I'm just trying to follow her path. A long walk to freedom when he fought through all of the wrath. I got a number if you want it. I got all of the math. All the hoodlums. I think all of us are good ones, St. Clair. I see the God in you. Even if we different, then Claire. Even if we different, though. I know we all different when we paired. Been through a lot. We got a lot still to repair. We're working on it. Did it all with love, God, and Jesus. Amen. World in his palms, Akeem still needed Lisa. He needed her. I hope he treats her better than Tommy Boy treated Keisha. For sure. You gotta love your queen, cause God knows that you need us real. It's real. You and I, T-Y. Even living single, we connected by the tribe. Was raised by a queen. Know how to be one and love one and raise a king. When he's old, I'll describe how to love him. Queens come in all shapes and colors. Though we sit on thrones, we don't look down on each other. I learned how to rule from my mother and my aunties. Got the blood of the Ashanti. I could be clear with Gandhi to protect mine. It's peace of mind. Word to Jersey, I'm a giant. A queen's pride stronger than all the lines. Connected by lines. Sisterhood, the day you try to test me, look on me, I wish you would. Open doors for the ladies as a queen, like I should. That's why I'm Queen Latif for every village and every hood. And I'm good in every city worldwide. And yeah, so that's my vibe. Um cooling. And I'm just gonna slide the aux to Mike so he can redeem himself. I have no I have nothing to redeem, honestly. <laughs> but this week I picked one of my favorite rappers out right now. His name is Saba, he's from Chicago. He is a very talented rapper in terms of like I'm not just saying that just to say that I mean as like lyrical I'm talking about uh, lyrical rapping skill. I feel yeah. yeah, so dear. Um, but he's like, he's really up there in terms like it just it's, he's magnificent. Um, I picked a song from one of his from his first debut album called The Bucket List, and the song is called Church Slash Liquor Store, featuring No Name. And here it is. What's the cause and effect? A doobie's packed and they fat, now you call and collect. They booby trapping a trap. The police pulling the pulley, you fall for it, you silly. Putty, you out of shape, fuck running, you catching case. I can't relate to half of my relatives. My genetics is felony, buying low and reselling it. They tell me, tell a story. I'm like, why not mine? Should everybody taking pictures? I'm like, why not vibe? They grow up from the ground up, it look like I'm a vibe. It's rarity in my realness. Yeah, I'm a fine diamond in a rough type. Rough type, rough house in a roll house like 
like rugby, lovely. When you hit a lick, little kick like Chun Li. Funny, kids that I hoop with all in county, county. Black bodies turn them down, look like bounties. Bound to be on the block a little while longer. They your homies, this one homies, what don't kill you, make you stronger. Call Obama, Jesus, Jesus. He can say Chicago from the demons and the deacons when it's DN. Yeah, Dodge precincts since preteens, let's pretend we privileged, not DC's the dick. And like funeral home, church, church, liquor store, corner store, dread head, dead lid, dead toe, tenfold, tenfold, from Cicero to Central, was told, let it go, they know who they hit though, now that's church, barbershop, bottle I got, from the liquor store on Cicero, I-21, but he didn't know. Okay, Mike, you might have redeemed yourself with that one. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a wee bit. He, he, wee said, bit. he said no name carry him to the promised land, yo. This is the second she will carry me. Yeah, no, I gotta, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep my no name propaganda up through the seasons. Um, nah, he's to me he's better than Chance the Rapper. I'm willing to argue that. Um, every I day. have to listen to more of his catalog. Yeah, he has two like, albums. He has two albums. But I, but I also wasn't a, a Chance the Rapper stand like the rest of my friends were in high school who I had to sit there with Vitriol and Tom Joey um, Badass was better and nobody wanted to listen to me. Oh, people so, were, people was arguing that there was some well, people. Not, remember, well, it wasn't. We, we're talking about like it wasn't uh, black dudes that were really arguing that. Okay. Let me start off with that. We have to remember part. we were in high school like 2010 and 2013 where everybody yeah. was just coming out. Mm-hmm, so yeah. these are these are big conversations. Like 1999 came out in 20. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a sophomore in high school. So, I mean, yeah. I still had two yeah. years with it. And yeah. then when, did, col- when did Coloring Book come out? Coloring Book came they out came 2016. 2016. But, but Acid Rap came out 2013. Yeah. yeah. People, Acid Rap and whatever other thing he had. And people were very attended. high okay. on Chance to Rap. He was. And he was. He was but he was I, I wasn't a Chance to Rap fan in high school. I, I could have cared less at that point. I wasn't really on Chance until Coloring Book. I wasn't on Chance until Surf, actually. That's what they got me on Chance. Surf. Ironically. And then I went back to Acid Rap and stuff. So, I think my old roommate, um Dwayne, he got me on to a little bit. But. Chance's last album was terrible. So no, I it was god awful. So Saba, I heard he performed at the All Star Weekend. He did, and Kanye didn't perform. I was mad. Why would Kanye perform? Kanye was there. He performed Ultra Light Beam, and Kanye didn't come out. Why would Kanye come out though? Kanye Chica- was in Chicago. But Kanye's doing his whole little healing thing. Kanye not perform no more. I didn't right. know that. I, didn't know I that. have nothing to do with that. But shout out Chicago <laughs> music, man. I love, I love, I love the variety of Chicago music. No, um, I think Chicago is like one place where it doesn't have any distinct sound. Um, literally, any artist you could go to Chicago is so different um, in terms of their music scene. So big shout out Chicago. Yeah, I don't we, know. Should, we should play a common record. I don't know anything. Oh my goodness. We could have done faithful. Why are you? <laughs> man, poetry on the podcast. Oh, 100 percent. Listen, man, po- poets are rappers too, in a way. But um, yeah. Uh, be- oh, before we go, have to give a shout out to the listeners. Uh, shout out to our listeners. Uh, CT yeah. holding us down real nice, you know, stores yep, yep. and everywhere else. Uh, shout out to our New York listeners. I see y'all in the Bronx. Um, mm-hmm. I get all the stats, so I see all y'all. <laughs> yo, Stephen be on the stats like every, every two day, minutes. Every day I check the chat. stats, yo. Um, no, y'all definitely showing us love, and we really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. Absolutely. The, per- we, we the person listening from Texas, yeah, we love y'all. <laughs> no, the people. No, the real big shout out is the, the folks in Australia that's been tuning in. I don't know how y'all found the podcast in Australia. I don't know who that is, but, but God bless you. We yeah, international you. with it. You heard? <laughs> no, interna- yeah. And Great Britain, yo. We yeah. actually here. So that that's three countries right here. So just so y'all get perspective, this is not just a, a local podcast. We actually touching that. It's not. It's not a CT. We're, we're, pod. Yeah, it's not a CT <laughs> podcast. We're on three continents now, so we're actually here. Um, Look, Australia hit us, man. We trying to take that trip out there. That's a, that's for sure. Uh, that's just a long flight. Uh, uh, wait, don't they, they I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a little bit. They still got the wildfires. They have a lot going on. Oh, never more mind. than wildfires. They're not done. The <laughs> fire's been going on for months. I believe climate change went there first. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Yo, we still but, love, we still no, love no, and like, no, God bless and support their clothes. I'm gonna say I'm gonna try to make light of the situation, but it's pretty. It's been pretty bad. It's for a, a while. That's a very tough. Yeah, scene. come on, like like half a billion animals died. That's a lot. Mm, that's, that's a lot. The wildfires were ravishing through the country. 
And then they had started hailing. There was like mudslide, and then because there's no vegetation to stop mm. the rain, it's mm. a lot. It's a lot, bro. See, what happened in Australia is exactly how I envisioned California, and I always tell myself why I couldn't live there. No, I can't live in California. California is too many. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I admit, like what, like we, everything you just described, just sounded like different parts of California. Yeah, earthquakes and fires. Yeah, and earthquakes and fires and mudslides, drought, and then human nonsense. <laughs> human nonsense. Cultural and nonsense over there. Like imagine you, you live up, in LA. You pulled up to like a, a a bodega or something, and water was like eight dollars. Because there was only like five bottles. Mm. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, in the Northeast, I know. See me. Anybody in California, I'm just playing this hyperbole of what goes on in that <laughs> spot. So don't take me. Yeah, this is what the East Coast sees. Your this is what the East Coast sees. <laughs> like, every time we heard y'all having a drought again, I would just assume like y'all fighting for water. And it's like $15. And your mama got to fight the cracker on the street to get that last bowling spray. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue with the credits. Hyperbole, 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 hyperbole. Um, we keep rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling. No, but no, seriously, though, thank you for all listeners in all mm-hmm. places. We really do appreciate it. Um, just trying to get people the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth still matters. So um, until next time, um, after dinner conversations. Yep. Um, oh, definitely go out and vote, please. Go register to vote. Oh, okay. Still next year. We had an old convo. Mike, got to close it out. Go Always. Ahead. I'm the same message from last week. Please, you have to go vote. I know it's a lot of work, and you got to be informed. You got to be engaged. You got to read people's policies. Mm-hmm. But with great power comes great responsibility, and freedom is a lot of power. Yeah. I appreciate you want to appreciate freedom, but I work for it. <laughs> they don't come free. No, that's a fact. And so, man, it's, I know I know it's hard, but that's responsibility. That's what being strong is. You might as well go vote. You better vote than not vote. And next thing they got a whole policy. Now you're not paying. <laughs> And they take away some of your rights, and then next you know, you won't see them coming. And then what is it? A tough scene. It is a tough so. scene. How we get here? How did this happen? Who let this happen? <laughs> Mike, so, that's how, Mike that's has literally. somebody in mind every time he does that, yo. Every time. There's one specific person that, that's done that. Mike no, that's what like, people do. We, 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 are, we are not subbing on this pod. No, I don't No, no, we never sub. We, we use ads only. Steven um, hasn't dropped I'm just saying, when like human rights thing abuses happen, it's like, how can this happen? Who let this happen? How does what was what was going on? What happened to people your generation? What were they doing? And you're like, oh, no one was doing anything. <laughs> you know, people just let it. People just let it happen. Um, not to blame them, of course. Human rights abuses are on the perpetuators, but still. But yeah, um, thank you for listening again. That's that's, <laughs> that's the last that's note. the benediction. Um, Mike does his thing, so uh, we appreciate again all the listeners. But until next time, man, this is episode five after the conversations. Peace and love, y'all. Yep, we out. God bless.